You're listening to episode 57 of The Marketer's Mindset with Brian Burkhardt. Welcome back to another episode of the Marketer's Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Burkhardt, and I'm excited about this episode here. This is with going to be with Brian K. Wright, who is the host of the successful uh, radio show called Success Profiles Radio, and also has a recent book that he wrote, uh, his third book, and it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. And I went out into Barnes & Noble where Brian was doing a book signing a couple weeks back. And I went ahead and bought a copy. And I had another copy that I bought and had Brian sign. And the reason I did that is because I wanted to give away a copy on this episode. So all you need to do to get a copy of this, it's totally free, it's a signed copy by Brian, is listen to this episode. And I want you to send me either an email or make a comment in the notes at the website, themarketersmindset.com, or send an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. And all you need to do is just tell me a takeaway that you got, something that you got out of this episode that Brian shared. So just leave that in the comments. Tell me what you really liked about this episode. And then I'm going to go ahead and pick a winner. And what I'll do is I will run this through. So I'll give you a chance to listen to this up until uh, Sunday, October 7th. So this is coming out October 1st, Monday. So you'll give about a week to listen to this. So that gives people a chance. And then on Monday, October 8th, I will go ahead and announce who won uh, the drawing on there for the comment. And I'll go ahead and give you a shout out on that episode there. So it's real simple. Like I said, just give me a takeaway, something that you liked, leave it in the comments, send me an email, and then I will give you a signed copy for free of Brian's new book, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. Okay, guys, go ahead and sit back, take notes, and enjoy this episode with Brian K. Wright. Welcome back to the Marketer's Mindset, the podcast where we talk about how to create and sustain a powerful mindset to help you build a successful online business and lead a happy and abundant life. Okay, guys, I'm really excited to talk with today's guest. I've known him for a few years now, but only through Facebook uh, until about three weeks ago when I got the privilege to finally meet him in person at a book signing he was doing here in Arizona at Barnes & Noble. Guys, that's a big deal. Barnes & Noble, man, a real live book signing. Today's guest is the host of Success Profiles Radio and the publisher of Success Profiles Magazine. He grew up in Iowa and graduated from Iowa State University. For any of you Cyclone fans out there, with a degree in communication studies and holds a master's degree in adult education from the University of Nebraska in Lincoln. He discovered he had a passion for speaking and influencing audiences by speaking competitively in high school and in college and being heavily involved on campus while in school. Throughout his career, he has been a top performer in the areas of sales, customer service, training, and has also written resumes professionally for students, working professionals, and executives. Now, over the past, or last six years, hosting his super popular and successful radio show, Success Profiles Radio, his list of people he has interviewed reads like a who's who's list of world-class achievers. He's interviewed people such as Darren Hardy of Success Magazine, 
Jack Canfield of the wildly successful Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And also he's had the millionaire maker Laura Langemeyer, Kevin Harrington, inventor of the infomercial, founder of As Seen on TV and the one of the original sharks on Shark Tank, Sharon Lecter, co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and one of my favorite interviews that he's done with Marshall Silver, the world's famous hypnotist and creator of the hugely successful book and course called Passion, Profit, and Power, and just many, many more people. All I can say, guys, is go and listen to this amazing show. It's every Monday live at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or go back and listen to the recordings at your convenience. We'll definitely have it linked up in the show notes. But with the lessons he's learned from these achievers and through his own experience, he seeks to educate, motivate, and inspire others to become a greater version of themselves. He's the author of three books, including the recently released Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. Guys, I bought this book and I love it. I highly recommend it. Go get yourself a copy of this. He is available to speak on topics of motivation, inspiration, leadership, and book writing. He resides in my area of the world, Arizona. Please welcome the man whose mission is to motivate, educate, and inspire Mr. Success Profiles himself and my friend, Brian K. Wright. Well, hello. how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, Brian, this is so awesome. I'm very happy here. Hey, I appreciate the time. I'm glad you were able to schedule it. I know you have a show later today to do. Um, you are a busy guy. You've been promoting your new book, which we just mentioned, Success Profiles, which, like I said, I got a copy. It's awesome. And guys listening, definitely go out and get a copy of this. You're going to love it. Um, one of the things I want to do on the show here is when I went out and met Brian a few weeks ago at his book signing, I bought a copy for myself and he also signed another copy for me, which I purchased. And what I want to do is I want to give away a copy of a signed autographed copy of Success Profiles from Brian. And what I think I'm going to do is I want you to, throughout this interview, I want you to listen. And if you email me at brian at themarketersmindset.com and you give me one of the best takeaways, something, an aha moment, something that Brian shared on this interview, email me there and I'm going to pick a winner from it and I'm going to send you out a copy of Brian's book. And I can't do it for everybody, unfortunately, but for those who don't win, definitely go out, pick up a copy. It's fantastic. I, I, I just love it, Brian. How's, how's it been going? What's the feedback you've been getting from the book? I've been getting some really fantastic feedback. I'm so appreciative of everyone who was on our radio show. These interviews are from my radio show. I picked 11 of my best and uh, people seem to really like it. It's a pretty easy read and uh, the nuggets of wisdom are just mind blowing. I mean, I sit there listening to these people and think, wow, there are so many takeaways from all of these interviews. I do have another volume planned for uh, later this year, at the end of the year. So I'm super excited about that as well. But yeah, it keeps me busy doing the book, doing the show, doing the magazine. I go straight books for people. So uh, I'm happy and very fired up and very, very blessed to live life that I have right now. I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, absolutely. You, you do an amazing three uh, things. You've connected with so many people, uh, very successful. Um, other people that are trying to get started in the market writing. Um, you just told me a little while ago you're you're helping a brand new client uh, get started mm -hmm. on a book. So you're doing some so many great things. Thank you. Let's kind of go back and, and kind of give me just a highlight. What did Brian do at the beginning, and what were you doing job wise before you became an entrepreneur? 
a really great question. I've had a pretty interesting set of experiences. I was a teacher for a while. I have a master's in adult education, like you mentioned, from Nebraska, and I taught at a tier business school while I was earning that degree. And so I taught public speaking, English composition, and business math. And you might think, wow, that's a really odd combination. The commonality was all of those required classes. And so it was incumbent upon me to make it fun and interesting. So I did my best. You try and incorporate humor and you try to make the class really a lot of fun. And so you gotta, I'm just like them. I started where they did. And everyone has to learn somewhere. I didn't come out of the womb speaking in front of crowds. I didn't come out of the womb writing books. None of us do. We all have to learn. And so it's all about being compassionate about someone's starting place and helping them because there's often a fear around doing any or all of those things. So I enjoyed doing that. I also have had a lot of experience working in call centers. And so calling people, uh, you've probably gotten calls that you weren't wanting. And I've been on both ends of that phone call. And so I try to be compassionate unless they just simply aren't listening. That I have a real problem with. But you have to be a good listener. You learn to become a good listener when you're calling people and when you're in sales because you can't force feed your solution down someone's throat if they don't think they have a problem. So you have to be a good listener and you have to respect the process. And so I did get promoted to management. I'm doing payroll for an entire call center that had three locations. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing that because I love numbers. And after that, uh, I ended up working in a few other places where I was doing sales. And my most recent job experience was I'm calling for a real estate agent. So uh, inviting people to open houses in the neighborhood, finding out if people were looking to buy or sell a home. And uh, I ended up leaving that in order to go straight and, and do all kinds of things. I was doing my radio show for quite a while while I was doing that. So here's the lesson. Don't just quickle turkey to start a business. Start on the side and build something and test the process to make sure that you have proof of concept, make sure that you have people who are willing to buy what you're doing. And so I did that and now I'm doing what I'm doing full time. And I have the honor of talking to audiences like yours and being on shows like yours and helping clients and hosting my own show. And it's fantastic. In fact, I have a dub book signing at the very same store you and I met at uh, in a couple of weeks. And so I'm fired about that. Perfect. That's great. I, I love what you said. And <clears throat> I think it's such a key point. I'm, I'm somewhat like you with the background, Brian. I've done so many things. I've been in real estate. Um, I did the telemarketing. Um, actually, how long have you been in Arizona? It's 96. Okay. You probably know this because we're, we're similar, I think, uh, age-wise. You're probably younger than me, though. I'm an older man. Um, but do you remember uh, Don LaPree? I worked for his organization for five months. No way. So did I. The one out off the, the freeway? This was on Central Avenue. Okay. Yeah. I know you moved there and went out. I don't, I don't, I can't remember if I started at that same. That's funny. I wonder if our paths have crossed uh, before. I was there. I was there uh, May, April or May through September wow, 1996. That's wild. I, I'm trying to think back when I was there. It, it may have been around, may have been around that time because I started uh, another job in 98. And that was one of the jobs I had prior. I, I bet you we our paths have crossed before. That's wild. But, but all those things, what I'm trying to get at is those things have benefited you. You've learned things, communication skills. You learn to listen. Um, so many people are trying to do things, but they're not really valuing what they're learning in the process. And I think what you said is so important, Brian, is that you weren't born to do what you're doing now. You're you you, you anybody that listens is going to go, wow, what a natural talent! Is this guy Larry King's brother? Well, what is this guy? He knows how to interview people. He's a great communicator. He knows how to connect. That's a skill you had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important that you shared that message because people need to realize everybody's comparing mm-hmm. themselves to everybody's success story, and they're they're comparing 
their A or their B to somebody else's, you know, Y or Z. And you, it's not a fair comparison. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you stressed that point there. Yes, it is true. Because a lot of times when we're comparing ourselves to other people, we are either thinking less of ourselves than we should, or we're thinking more of ourselves than we should. You are on your journey and you are exactly in the right place for where you are right now. And if someone else is further along on the path, it means they figured it out before you did. It doesn't mean you can't fail too, because you can. Right. Absolutely. Now, because in the podcast here, we focus on mindset. Um, everybody's sharing out there a lot of the stuff, Brian, is, you know, the A to Z is a success, how to do it. Here's the steps. But what I find that I think is so important, not just in business and, and stuff, but in life is the mindset. Mm-hmm. How important of the role of mindset do you feel has it been to your success? It's absolutely critical because if you are not operating from a place of really valuing your contribution to the world and your skill set and believing that you can, then you're not going to go very far. Why should someone else believe in you if you don't believe in yourself? Now, I was very fortunate that I met someone who is now someone who I consider to be my best friend. He coached me for a while and he coached me for free. He just felt like he was supposed to help me. He had a nudge from God or whatever you believe in to help me. And I'm eternally grateful for it. But we talked about a lot of the issues that I was going through and he helped me really figure out my purpose and who I am and where I'm going. And and he has continually affirmed my skill set and the impact I'm making on the world. I think sometimes we think, well, I'm just one person and the world is, is a very big place. Well, that is true, but we all can make a difference and it all starts with impacting one person at a time. Don't think about trying to impact the whole world all at once. You can't. It's it's an unachievable, unfathomable thing. But you can impact somebody who's around you, and that person can impact somebody, and then that person can impact somebody, and it spider webs out. But just try to make a difference right where you're at, right in the space that you're at, and it, it, you'll be rewarded. Just operate from a space of love. And mindset is so critical to that because if you have the right attitude you're going to go a long ways. And I, I would argue that everything starts with gratitude. You have to be thankful for what you have, or you will not receive more. If you are not thankful for the small things in your life, you will not be given something bigger to be yes. thankful for. It's so critical when you're constantly complaining and whining about everything that's happening to you. Remember this life is happening for you. If you don't like all the things that are going on, then the common theme is you. You're the one that's common to everything that's happened to you. Absolutely. It's not your friend's fault. It's not your family's fault. It's not the police's fault. It's not the government's fault. It's not science's fault. It's your fault. And the sooner you own that, the sooner that that you realize and begin to ask yourself, what is my place in this whole scheme? What did I do to create this? And even more importantly, like Tony Robbins says, what's good about this? If you can identify the blessing that is whatever it is you're going through, then you have a real opportunity to impact and make change for yourself. And it means that you're going to have to do something different than you're doing now. Insanity is believing that you can keep doing what you're doing and you get a different result. It doesn't happen like that. There's cause and there's effect. If you have the same cause, you're going to get the same effect. So you need to change something, change your response to what's going on around you. And it can start with gratitude and it very often does. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think gratitude is so huge. And I try and do that on a daily basis. Uh, one of the first things is, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about morning rituals and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. And I think gratitude is such a huge one. Gratitude and another one that I try and uh, implement each day too, Brian, is uh, intent. Mm. And I'll do it for my day. I set my intention for the day and I'll set my intention for the podcast. Um, I, I did it prior to uh, us starting this show. Yeah. I set my intent for this podcast here to, with our interview with each other. And I think it's so important because it's kind of like anything else. You, you kind of have a vision or a goal of what you want to accomplish with it instead of just going into it. And and if you know what your outcome is, I think it's easier for you to handle those challenges or things that come up in the process or on the journey. Like you were talking about, you know, things are going to happen and, and life's not happening against you. It's happening for you. Mm-hmm. It's the mindset and how you view it. And uh, I think it's so important that you said that, that you actually have to take responsibility. And I think when people start doing that, that's when they can start to make changes in their life. Absolutely. You have to take responsibility for what's going on around you. If you don't, then you're going to constantly be in a place of blaming other people. I've never read, I've never met a successful rich victim. Have you? No, not at all. No, never. Yeah, never. Now, now you got this great mindset. I love your attitude. You you always come across positive. Um, I like your your videos that you do on uh, Facebook. Thanks. You do those Facebook mm-hmm. lives. I see it, and it's like that's why one of the things was you know we've connected on Facebook, but it was like I got I want to meet Brian, man. I, I like his personality. I love what he's doing. I love his message. Um, and did you always have this type of mindset or was this something that you developed throughout the years? What, what has it been for you? I think to a degree, I've always wanted to believe that the best was out there. I'll tell you what, in high school, I had some pretty wild mood swings. I wasn't always happy. Uh, I think I played the victim a lot. I didn't feel like I had a ton of friends. I felt like the black sheep. I didn't feel like I belonged And I don't know whether that's actually true or not, but that's the story that I told myself. And that's a real critical point too. Something may or may not be true, but the story that you tell yourself is always your truth, but you can change the story you tell yourself. You can reinterpret that event differently. It's really important to point out. But I do believe that once I started embracing gratitude and being thankful for things going on around me, that's when things changed. That's great. And, and that's why it just stresses right there. It's the importance because you hear from so many people implementing that really makes a difference in one's life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really got to go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Now, now we all create success by doing things consistently, not once in a while. What do you do to keep yourself consistent on what you need to do or what needs to be done to continue to grow and achieve results? I had a guest on my show one time several years ago, and one thing he shared at the end when I said, do you have any final thoughts? He said, make it a goal to have a conversation with someone who inspires you every single day. I thought that is profound. Yes, I heard you say that. Profound and it's brilliant. And I was in a a Facebook messenger chat with this same person, or no, maybe I was responding to a thread. Uh, and it was one of those threads, you know, reply with how I may have impacted your life. I think a lot of times that's an attention seeking device. Okay, great. But I decided, and I, I'm not judging this person's heart at all, but I answered the question. I said, I remember you said on my show toward the end 
that your goal was to have a conversation with someone who inspires you every day. And he said, did I say that? I said, you did. And I still remember it five years later. He's <laughs> like, wow, that is like the coolest thing I've heard all day long. And now. Yeah. yeah. You never know what you say is going to impact someone. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm on Facebook Messenger a lot. I mean, yes, I'm doing work, but what I'm doing is I'm cultivating and maintaining and building relationships. And so you know how some people are on social media, they only reach out to you when they want to sell you something or when they want something from you. I am not that guy. Yes. I don't want to be that guy. I build relationships and I let those things come up organically. And sometimes when you do that and they see a video and they reach out to you and say, I didn't know you were, you were a book writer that you wrote books. Yeah. Or, or they might say, I didn't know you wrote your own books. I just thought you wrote other people's books. I'm like, hello, McFly. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but no, I, I answer them very gently. Yes, I did come out with my own book in April. Here's the link to it if you want to check it out. Oh my gosh, thank you. And so sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. And it's okay. But uh, yeah, you just have to just cultivate relationships. Care, care about people ask them how their day is going and thank God for messenger. Because if I forgot something, they said I can scroll up. <laughs> yep, Exactly. Yeah. But no, it's so true. And that's like I said, one of the things why I wanted to connect with you yes. in person is because we did connect on Facebook and you were never salesy about any of the things you were doing. You always responded to, to replies or if someone commented back on your video or something that you posted, you would reply back. Yeah. It was a relationship, even though it was Facebook wise, it was still a relationship that was going on. And some people just mm -hmm. try to use that technology to sell, sell, sell. They don't want to talk to people and they'll only talk to them unless there's a benefit. But you are genuine. You're really there to communicate, help, offer mm -hmm. advice and just connect with people. And I think that's so important. So I commend you on it. Keep up the great work. It's awesome, bud. Thank you so much. No, absolutely. Now, Brian, I know failure or excuse me, failure or, or what I like to call instead of failure, undesired outcomes. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part of being an entrepreneur. And I think we can all learn so much from our own failures and others. So I always like to do this. And I think you had mentioned this when we talked uh at the book sending at Barnes and Noble too, that you like to hear about stories of failure because you learn so much more from mm -hmm. it. What is one big failure that you had while being an entrepreneur and what did you learn from it? Gosh, how long do we have? <laughs> I'll tell you what, there was a time where I decided to own a rental property out in Maricola. And for those of you not familiar with the geography of Phoenix, it's a town about maybe 30 miles uh, Southwest of Chandler or South of Chandler. So it's a little community that's growing. Um, most people in Maricopa commute to the Phoenix metro area for their jobs. There are not a ton of jobs in Maricopa, but the housing market was dirt cheap. And so I bought a brand new build in 2008. And I had three different sets of rental of whom had to leave because they could no longer afford to pay rent. I think my mistake was I should have had a property management company, first of all, so that I wouldn't have to deal with all the headaches. If someone didn't pay rent, there would be no excuse. There would be no, yeah, I feel for you. I'll give you a couple extra weeks because if you give someone an inch, they'll take a mile or more. Yep. But I think the thing that I learned was after my last person left, she was going to rent to own. That was the arrangement we had. And she hadn't executed the buy part of the agreement yet. She was in the home for two years and hadn't bought the home yet. 
And then she realized that she wasn't going to be able to afford to stay there. She had to go back east and take care of her mom who was ill. And so after that, and I realized what a mess the house was in, I would have had to repaint the house. I would have had to repaint the carpet and a few other things. I couldn't afford to fix the house up to rent it again. And so I had to short sell it. And this was six years ago. Now, the person who was not forward thinking would say, oh, well, real estate doesn't work. I'll never own a property again. Or you could take the perspective of, I didn't do this right the first time. I'll do it differently next time. I haven't gotten back into the game yet. And I, I do think a, another real estate bubble is coming. So I might yet wait a little while unless I can learn more about wholesaling, which I'm actually reading a book about that right now. But timing is everything. And the first time you do something, you're probably not going to succeed to the level that you want. In fact, many people who do succeed beyond their wildest dreams failed most heinously in the words of Bill and Ted, if you've ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. Oh, love yeah. that reference. movie. The guys were idiots, but it was funny. <laughs> Classic. Class. I think part of it was filmed at Metro Mall, too. Oh, was it? Okay. The mall scene where they're in the mall and they're they're chasing Socrates and yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah. That, that We could probably exchange lines from Bill and Ted all day if we were. Oh, yeah. It. Next time we get together. We'll A lot of that. Yeah. Definitely. But how you view failure will often determine how quickly you find success. You need to learn it, use it as a learning experience. It's not a failure. Zig Ziglar always used to say you are not a failure, uh, but the experience might've been a failure, but that doesn't mean that you are a failure. I'm paraphrasing of course, but just the whole idea that there is something in there that you are good at and there's a skill and a talent that you are capable of cultivating. I do believe that everyone has been given a unique gift. Some people are fortunate to find it very early. Some people find it later. Some people find it really late and some people never find it at all. And I think it's because they aren't looking very hard. They're comfortable with their lifestyle. And if you subscribe to being average, then that's what you'll get. You can't complain about the work you didn't put in. Absolutely. Average is a killer. It is. Being comfortable is, is, is terrible. I always, I always joke and I say, if I do a speaking engagement or something, I want to get on stage and go, I want to share a terrible, tragic story with you. I was born back in Buffalo, New York to a great two parents, hardworking, taught me values. We'd go on nice family vacation and people would be looking at me like, that doesn't sound bad. There was no abuse. There was not. And then just tell at the end that I was comfortable. It was a good life. It was just average and average can kill you if you stay in that. And so I think it's so important what you said. I mean, there's so many nuggets. Uh, guys, I always tell you when you're listening to the show, I hope you're taking notes. If not, go back through these episodes. Brian's sharing some great stuff in here. I mean, a lot of it, I always make a comment too when people go, oh, that's so cliche. Well, the reason it's cliche is because it's a true fact and it's a common thing that people say. So it's become cliche. But if you gloss over it and don't look at the deep meaning or apply it in your right. life, you're not going to get the benefits from it, you know? So it's so important. And, and you, you touched on so many things there. Um, I was listening uh, this morning to, do you know Rachel Hollis? She wrote that book that's going crazy now called Girl, Wash Your Face. I've not heard that. You met Todd that was out there with the book signing, my friend that I brought out there with me. Yes. And uh, him and his wife just went to, I think it was Texas, to her event, her and her husband put on. Okay. And Lewis Howes was interviewing her. It's his most recent one on School of Greatness. And uh, 
she was sitting there and, and she brought up a great point. It's just what you talked about. She says, so many people look at me and this book is taken off. She's on the bestseller list, um, you know, New York Times. And she always had that as a dream. But she's written like five or six prior books that did nothing. Cookbooks. And it's been a process. It's been a journey. And everybody looks at her now and go, wow, you got these events. You've written these books. You're doing book speakings. And it's been a journey. She's worked jobs. She's been a mother. Just like you were talking about, don't quit your job. Do these things on the side that are your passion things. But understand, don't look at everybody's success because you're looking at the end result. And they did not get there overnight. If they did, like you said, it was luck. Maybe they found their purpose early. Um, timing, which you just mentioned in the real estate, yeah. it goes with anything in life. Timing is so important. Right. And if there are true successful people, you'll hear a lot of them say, you know what? I got to give credit to timing too. It wasn't all me. It was timing. It was mentorship. There's a lot of factors at play, but you got to implement those things. So I think what you touched on is just so huge. Just like you said, it's a process. And if you learn and take what you developed, the jobs that you had that you thought were garbage, what did you take away from it? What skill did you learn that's going to help you on this journey that you are now to do what you want to do now? Well, with so I think it's- with call center work, if you are the one on the phone, you get rejected a lot. You get, call- oh, you yes. get called names. <laughs> yep. Hang up, called names, all that stuff. You get stuff. lied to. <laughs> a lot of that yeah. happens in business. People who say they're going to you know, hire me to write their book, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they avoid me after the first conversation. Okay, great. That didn't belong to me. Next. There are seven, there are seven billion people in the world, and I don't have to work with all of them. Absolutely. It goes right back to the mindset. That's the mindset that you have, Brian. Some people would just say, everybody's saying no, or or there's only a few saying, yes, this isn't worth it. No, 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 no. That's the wrong attitude to have on it. Now they're skipping off the next shiny object or the next project and never fully investing the time and focusing on developing that. Yeah, So exactly. And the best way to control your destiny is to have your own business, whether it's a side thing or whether it's your full-time thing. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Now you've interviewed so many great people on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, it's a who's who's list. Anybody definitely it's going to be in the show notes. You got to go listen to success profiles, radio, get Brian's book. He's just, he's a great interviewer. He's got great people. He knows how to, to draw the questions out of them to get the nuggets of get valuable stuff that you can actually implement in your life. And that's one of the key things I want to do on my show is I want the guests to share things that, when they're done listening to this, they can implement it into their life and start right away. What was one of the best piece of advice you ever got from one of your guests on the show? And I know you've done a lot of people, and I know you said Darren Hardy uh, was one of your favorite interviews, but was there something from Darren's interview or, or what would you share? I would say that you have to be courageous. I asked him the importance of having courage in business, and he basically said – People tend to overestimate that because you don't have to be courageous all the time. You just have to have 20 seconds of insane courage three times a day. Think about it. You have a difficult conversation or a difficult client you have to talk to, or you have to make that sales call. It takes some courage to pick up that phone or to hit send after you've sent an email. But you know what? Even if it's standing on stage, it's the moment of walking up to the microphone and then start talking. You don't have to be courageous the whole time you're talking because once you've started, you're in your flow. You know what to do after that. So 20 seconds of insane courage three times a day. 
if you do something three times a day that you have been putting off or are afraid to do, how much further ahead are you going to be in your business and in your life? And if you add that up, you only have to be courageous for one minute a day. It's crazy, but the math doesn't lie. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's so true. And I, that's one of the things that I've learned and I really, it's hit home this year, Brian, from interviewing guests like you and, and, and things in the podcast and then things that I've tried. It's those small incremental things that if you can do them consistently, like you said, 20 seconds, mm -hmm. three times a day, that's one minute, one minute, it's going to have such a huge impact in your life. Um, and I think it's so important, those small incremental things. Now, kind of what you talked about there with the courage and stuff leads into my next question. And this is one thing that I always want to find out from my guests, because there's times where mm -hmm. a lot of times where self-doubt, especially if you're an entrepreneur, will creep in. You can go to bed pumped up saying, you know what? I'm on fire. Um, I looked online. We have 98 days left in this year, mm. 2018. Yeah. You could say, man, I'm on fire. Here's what I'm going to do with the podcast. Here's some stuff I'm going to do. I'm going to really focus for this 98 days and just go out with a bang and into 2019 with some serious momentum. And then you go to sleep and you wake up seven, eight hours later. And all of a sudden you're totally different. Oh, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, can I do that? Do you think I can get some good guests? Eight hours, nothing really has changed. You went to bed, you woke up, but now you have a totally different yeah. attitude. What do you do, Brian, when that negative mind chatter comes in? How do you take control of your mindset? What techniques, strategies, hacks, what do you use to, to deal with that? I have a victory list, a success list, and I do look at this every once in a while, but I talked about having your list of 100 successes in your life. And Jack Canfield talks about this in his book, The Success Principles. And I talked about it on a Facebook Live and my best friend said, Brian, have you made that list? I said, uh, actually, uh, I'm doing it this weekend. <laughs> it was my way of saying I, I, had, I, I started, but I hadn't finished. And so he said, you can't talk about it unless you've done it. I'm like, you're right. right. And so I finished it like in the next day or two. And it's easy to come up with your first five or 10, but after that, it feels really hard, but I did it. And I look at that list once in a while and I think, wow, I really have done a lot with my life and we can all feel, do the same thing. And they don't have to be things that you think are really good. In fact, there's a strategy. Let's say you're, let's just say you're 40 years old. I'm just picking a number, pick a, write down some successes you had in your childhood until you were 10 and then pick some successes you had during your teen years and then some successes you had in your 20s and then some successes you had in your 30s and come up with 25 in each set if you can. So we are counting things like I learned to stand up. I learned to walk. I learned to count. Those may not seem like very big deals now, but they were big deals then. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine being a full grown adult and not being able to count to 10? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it was a big deal then, and it still is. And if you ever have a brain injury and you can't do that anymore, you will realize, or maybe not realize, that you can't do the things that you took for granted anymore. Uh, things like your first kiss, things like going to prom, things like playing in your first basketball game, making your first free throw during a game, your first date, your first job, your first paycheck, your first business. The first time someone swept you swept someone off their feet or they swept you off your feet, write them all down and don't censor yourself. The list is for you and you only, and just come up with a hundred and then just keep adding to that list. 
and you will be amazed because yeah. we all tend to focus on the negative things. Think about this. If there are 100 things going on in your life and four of them are negative and the other 96 are positive, which ideas and thoughts are you going to focus on the most? The ones that are negative because our brain gravitates to that. Focus on the thing that's good, whatever's right, whatever nobles, whatever's true. Focus on those and give thanks. So I do. Yeah, that's that's a powerful strategy there. And people tend to gloss over those things. They think, ah, oh, no, it's it's simple. You know, it's just like you with probably, uh, you know, writing a book, you've got success with it now. And there's people that are really challenged or don't know what to do. And for you, you know, it, yeah, there's still challenges for it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not as hard. So yeah. it's something that you learned. And now it's a skill that you, you've acquired that other people look up to and say, yeah. I'm going to go to Brian, man. He, he's got the background. He knows how to do mm-hmm. this. He's done it. And you're the go-to authority on it now. Thank so, you. yeah, definitely. you got to look at those small wins. They stack on each other. Absolutely. And just because I have this skill set and you may not doesn't make me better than you. It just means that I have this skill set. You have skill sets that I don't have. And I'm talking generically to everybody out there. A lot of you have skill sets out there that I don't have. It doesn't make you better than me. And the skill set that I've gotten really good at doesn't make me better than you. We are just gifted differently. And thank goodness, if we were all good at the same thing, life would be boring. Yep, absolutely. That's what I say. That's what makes the world go around when someone's different or does something. Mm-hmm. I love your humbleness, Brian. I, I mean, you. you've got a lot of success. Like I said, you, you, you're you well-connected, but you're you're still just a cool, regular guy, Thank man. You. Somebody that you can hang out with, you can talk with, and have intelligent but fun conversation Thank you. with. I appreciate that, yeah. So, yeah, it's no, it's great. Now, I've got a couple topics that I want to – want to go over with you and, and, you know, refer from your own experience or things that you've learned from interviewing your guests, but two, I don't know if you want to call controversial, but two topics I see a lot on, on Facebook and people talk about, we'll start with one of them. One is what is your belief or what have you learned from the people you interviewed? Should one follow their passion? Ooh, that is a really great question. I've had guests on both sides of this. Yes. I, I tend to think that passion is a starting place. However, I will also say if you are passionate about something that doesn't pay very well, what good is it? If I'm passionate about laying on my hammock and eating chocolate chip cookies all day long, no one's going to pay me to do that. <laughs> I haven't figured out how the I haven't figured out how to make that happen yet. Too bad. So you have to find something that you are good at or can get good at that is a marketable skill and then be passionate about that. I think that's important. Now, sometimes, a lot of times, you can take the thing that you're passionate about and create income. I was in uh, James Malinchek's uh, mastermind once. I think I was at one of his events, actually. And he talked about a lady in his audience who was one of his mastermind members who created a quarter million dollar a year business around quilting. I I said quilting. She created a mastermind coaching program about quilting. Wow. So you can take the thing that you're passionate about and figure out how to make money doing it. If you are creative, if you have a coach who knows what they're doing, hire a coach who's really good at marketing and monetizing things. And I do advocate that you pay people for their expertise. If you are a freeple wanting everything for free, uh, you're going to get exactly what you pay for. Now, some people will help you for free. And I'm grateful for that. And I have occasionally helped people for free or let people pick my brain for free. But if I figure out that that's all they want to do, you have to draw the line somewhere. Right. But passion is important. 
but I would combine that with being passionate about something that will pay your bills and help you thrive and succeed. Yeah, so true. And I guess with quilting, if you're adding enough value, then I guess you could make a quarter of a million dollars, you know? Uh-huh. There are a lot of people, a lot of people out there who who do enjoy that. Yep. And some who might want to do quilting for a living and sell their quilts or maybe learn how to get a booth at a flea market and run it as a business. I mean, a lot of people know how to do a skill, but they don't know how to do a business. You think about the restaurant industry, for example, someone is a really, really great chef. And someone says, oh my gosh, you should have your own restaurant. Why are you working for this guy? And then they quit their job and they go out and start their own restaurant and they fail again, most hastily, Bill and Ted reference. Mm-hmm. It's because just because you have the skill sets to be a chef doesn't mean that you have the skill set to be a good business owner. It's a completely different skill set yep. because now you are no longer operating out of your zone of genius unless you plan on being the only one who's cooking the meals for everyone. Then who's going to take care of the issues that come up? Who's going to manage the staff? Who's going to hire? You have to have people around you who are good at the things that you are not good at. So you have to recognize what your lane is and you need to stay in that lane and hire people who are driving in a different lane than you are or have those people around you. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, no one does it on their own. It's it's no. there's other people involved, like you said, coaches, team team members, and so right. forth. Even Batman had Robin. Yeah, they do. Everyone usually has a sidekick on there. Now, yeah. the second topic that I want to bring up to Brian, it's kind of around the same thing. Um, are you familiar with Ben Franklin's Thirteen Virtues? I've heard of it. Basically, what he did is he would write down thirteen virtues. And he would work on that virtue for a week. So I guess he would be able to cycle through, what, four times, I guess? Yeah. 16 or twice, whatever, um, through a year on that. So what he would do, he would focus on one thing. Um, maybe let's, like we said, gratitude, uh, promptness, whatever it may be. So my question to you, what have you found or what is your opinion or what have your guests shared? Should one work on their weaknesses or should they double down on their strengths? That is such a great question because you hear people out in the world say, focus on your weaknesses and make your weaknesses better. But you know what? If you are spending so much time focusing on your weaknesses, then you forget how to do the things that you do well. So I think it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I think you need to focus on the things you are strong in and source out the things that you're not. Now, does that mean that you shouldn't become try to become stronger than things you're not good at. No, it's a good growth opportunity, but don't be obsessed with fixing your weaknesses. Recognize what you're good at and source out the rest. I am a terrible graphic designer. When I did my first magazine cover, I went on Canva, which you can use that for free to do your uh, graphics. It took me an hour to come up with something that was bad, (laughs) horrible. I wasted an hour. I didn't waste an hour. I spent an hour learning what I'm not good at. And so I hired a graphic designer, uh, on, on Fiverr. In fact, actually, it's interesting because once I pulled that example cover off of my Facebook, someone a few minutes later inboxed me, someone who was friends with me, but I had never talked to. He said, here, use this. And it was the Kevin Harrington cover, which became my first cover. And I said, thank you. How much do I owe you? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to ask you about book writing someday. I'm like, you are brilliant because wow. you're setting the table. You're creating value first. And he did ask me about book writing later. We didn't end up working together, but he had some questions and I answered them. And I asked him to do the next cover and he said, I would love to, but I have too many projects going on, but here's the logo for the person that you want to hire. Here's the logo. There you go. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. We're still Facebook friends to this day. And so my guy on Fiverr does it. 
I gave him the logo. I sent him the first cover. I said, I want it to look like this. And he does a brilliant job. He turns it over very quickly to me. And the only thing I ever have to fix is the photo. If he says the resolution's not high enough, or if he or I spelled something wrong and I have to say, can you please fix that? And he usually turns it over and he's not in the United States. So he's super reasonable and very responsive. So find people that do great work for you and treat them really well because they want to be respected for their expertise too, just like you and I and everyone else does. Absolutely. And Brian, that's just a great example of what you talked about earlier a little bit ago about picking someone's brain. This guy came to you. Sure, he wanted some advice from you, but he gave value first. Yes. He was of value to you. He didn't come just taking from you. Mm-hmm. And Joe Polish, who I like, who's out on the towards your side of the neck of the woods here, mm-hmm. um, I love, he says, um, life gives to the giver and takes from the taker. Yeah. It's one of his quotes that he loves to say, and I think it's so true. So that's just a, a, a powerful story that you just shared there that just shows if you want to do that. that. That's one of the things, and we'll kind of lead into this with what you shared on that story, but what have you done um, for your podcast or business-wise? Because you're such a great connector. What advice would you give to someone that's listening here that wants to connect with someone? Maybe they have their own podcast, or maybe they want to partner with someone, or maybe they want to team up or, or whatever it is. What is your advice to approach people, to connect with people, even if people you think are like out of your reach, because you're getting big name people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not being shy when you approach them. What is the advice you can share with everyone? The first thing I would do is honor the work that they are doing in the world. When I reached out to Jack Hanfield about being on my show, one of the things I said was, well, actually one of the very first things I said was, um, I love the success principles. It's one of my favorite books. In fact, I bought it the year it came out, 2005, and I read it almost three times all the way through. It's the only book I read all year long. And this specifically is what I got out of it. So honor the work that they do and be specific about it. And then tell them about what you do. And so in my case, I say I have this radio show, Success Profiles Radio. I've interviewed a bunch of people who are probably your friends, including, see what I did there. I've interviewed a bunch of people who are probably your friends, and I named a whole bunch of people. I said, this is what my show is. This is what my show is about. And I would be really honored to uh, have you share your message with my audience. Please let me know what you think about that. And his team answered me back. Actually, the second time that I inquired, I got an answer. And they said, this sounds exactly like the kind of show that Jack would want to be on. And Jack said on my show, you've interviewed a bunch of my friends. And I very confidently said, yes, I have. Wow. Because I have a website where I have a testimonials page and the people who are pretty high profile, who were really great guests, I asked them, would you mind giving like a, maybe a one minute audio or video testimonial for my show? And Jeffrey Gittimer was there. James Malinchek was there. Dr. John Martini was there. He was in the secret with Jack Canfield. Yeah, I know him. Hal Elrod, uh, a whole bunch of people, Rich Franklin from the UFC, uh, Jonathan Horton, US Olympic gymnast. He, he was, uh, he, just a bunch of people. I've got probably, Uh, And then some written testimonials too. So I've got probably 20 or 30 testimonials on my website. And so when Jack Canfield decided to come on my show, he was able to see, okay, proof of concept. He actually has interviewed these people because they gave testimonials. And I honestly believe that's one of the reasons why I got Darren Hardy on my show is because he saw some of the people who I also had already interviewed. And so it's all about proof of concept. If someone doesn't know who you are, 
you need to prove that you actually are who you say you are. I think the mistake that a lot of people make, at least when they try to connect with me, and I'll give you one example of how not to connect with me. Hi, I'm a big fan of your show. <laughs> okay. Don't know why you're a fan. Don't know what episode you listened to or what you learned from it. Hi, I'm a big fan of your show. I think we need to collaborate because I think we would have a lot of synergy between us. Okay. What? <laughs> Don't know you. And then she went on to tell me who she was and the work that she does. And then she says, I think we need to collaborate. Here's my calendar. Let's pick a date and let's choose a time for us to talk. Wait, time out. You don't, you don't know me. You think we need to connect and you want me to jump through your hoop to talk to you when you're the one that wants something. No. Wow. That does not fly. Isn't it amazing what people think they can get away with? I've had a number of people on social media message me. The very first thing and only thing to say is, hi, do you think I'd be a great guest on your show? Isn't it amazing? I don't know you well enough to assess that. And really, is it my job to research you before I know who you are? No, it's not. It's your job to pitch me and let me know why you think you'd be a great guest on my show. If you've seen some, and I'm, this is not being on a soapbox, but if you see some of the people I've had on my show and you come along and I don't know you, why? Why you? Why you? Maybe you are amazing. I give you the benefit of the doubt that perhaps you really are as amazing as you think you are, but I don't know that. So tell me and show me. What are you doing in the world? What message can you bring to my audience? What value do you plan on bringing? It's not just about giving you a platform. I pay to do my show and I'm sure you do too. So why would I want to waste an episode on you? If you haven't taken the time to tell me who you are and what you do and what you plan to do for my audience. Oh yeah. Sorry. Next doors over there. Can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. It's just amazing. I get people on Instagram. I'll post, you know, obviously I post clips from the show and I'll post a motivational meme or I posted that picture of me and you at the bookstore and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'll get people that'll comment that I have no clue, reach out, wow, great pick or great, great, whatever quote. We need to connect, connect with me here, DM me. And I'm like, what? Why? You know, that was their comment. Great quote, DM me. We need to connect. I love what you're doing. We need to connect. Just like you said, well, that doesn't tell me anything. Yeah. What is the value you're going to bring? I, I mean, and you know the scam out there. I, I shouldn't say scam, but uh, things that's approaching. Hey, you want to get Instagram followers? Go out and like everybody. They'll like you back, and then you yeah. unlike them, and then you get your following up. And I'm like, I'm selective, man. If, yeah. if someone likes me, I'll go check them out. And if it's going to add value or mm -hmm. something I want to look at, I'll follow yeah. them. If not, no. And my numbers will go up and down and I don't care because yeah. <laughs> I want true people to connect yeah. with. I don't want just to show the numbers. Yeah. That would be like you know? someone texting me and saying, I need to talk to you. Please call me. Uh, well, you have my number. <laughs> so if you need to talk to me, then just dial my number. No, I need to have you call me. Bye. I don't have time for nonsense. Yeah. We need you to do this. Absolutely. No, you, you got too much value. You need to add, you don't need to waste your time with that stuff. That's it's. And, and here's the thing. You need to own your value. Yes. Now that doesn't mean play the diva card. It means own your value and be humble about it because there are a lot of people out there who act entitled or act like they're a much bigger the deal than they really are. And I projectile vomit all over that. I think it's just ridiculous. If you want something from me, then provide some value. Because if I'm approaching someone that I want to collaborate with, I want to provide value first, or at least let them know what I'm doing, or at least give them the respect to let them know that I know who they are and what they're doing in the world. But don't just cold pitch someone that you don't know. 
and demand them to call you. <laughs> really? Come on now. Yes. Exactly. Go through my hoops, man. Yeah. Even though I want you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's not happening. I don't have to do that. And neither do you. No. Now you just brought up a good point, Brian. There's, there's a lot of people out there that undervalue themselves. Yeah. And they're holding themselves back because they don't think mm-hmm. they have anything of value. What advice do you give to those people to, to put themselves out there and share what they have in the world and, and to start valuing what they know and what they can do for others? Well, here's the thing. We do tend to undervalue ourselves because we take our own skill set and knowledge base for granted. Yes. I am a good writer. And so it would be foolish for me to think that everyone has this skill set. Oh, who would pay me to do this? Well, there's a lot of people out there who are horrible writers. And as a former college English teacher, I can tell you that there are some people who are not very good at it. So uh, it's crazy. Just because someone speaks well doesn't mean they write well and vice versa. The two are not, I mean, they're, they're not mutually exclusive skills, but they're not completely connected either. Some people are much better at speaking out loud than right. they are at writing and vice versa. Some people get phobic about speaking in front of a group, but you put them behind a screen all day long and they can write and they're eloquent as anyone in the world. So know and value what you do. But here's the thing to answer your question. If you really truly aren't sure what you're good at that people might pay you for, ask some people in your circle, what do you think I'm good at? I mean, and I'm not fishing for compliments here. I just, I, I just want to validate what I might be already thinking. What do you think are the three things that you think that I'm best at in the world? And if a whole bunch of people start saying the same kinds of things, then that's your validation right there. And then figure out if you can construct a business around that. Yeah. I think that's just beautiful advice you gave there. I, it's because you're getting feedback from people. And if you address it, like you said, no, I'm not looking for comments. I want honest opinions mm-hmm. and you start connecting the dots and you see overlapping compliments and things of that nature, then Hey, you got a starting point to go through and then focus on that. So I think that's huge, huge way. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. What's one of your favorite quotes, Brian, and why? Really great question too. Uh, one of the books that I read back in the early nineties, which was really impactful was Tony Robbins, awaken the giant within. And there was a chapter about metaphors, life metaphors. And for those who don't know what a metaphor is, if you don't remember English class, uh, a metaphor is a way of comparing something that you know to something that you don't know. So for example, life is like a box of chocolates. You don't ever know what you're going to get. Of course, it's a famous Forrest Gump quote, but that's a metaphor. You're comparing life to a box of chocolates. We know what a box of chocolates is we, because honestly, we really don't know if we're going to pick up the caramel or the coconut or the cherry or something that we are disgusted by. It's a crapshoot. If you don't know what shapes, if you don't yes. read the box that tells you, okay, this shape is the caramel, this shape is the coconut. If you're just randomly picking one and thinking, I hope this one is the one that I like. But metaphors are ways to connect something that you know to something that you don't know. And so Tony talked about a metaphor which really connected and resonated with me. He said, life is like a Jeopardy game. All the answers are on the board. The winner is the one who asks the right questions. I love this because it presupposes that every answer is available to us. There is a solution to all of our problems. And the winner is the one who knows how to ask the right questions. In fact, Tony Robbins also says that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. If you don't like the results, you're not asking yourself the right question. Yes. 
he likes talking about how, how good is this? What's good about this? What could I be done dif- doing differently? What should I learn from this? If the same things keep coming up for you over and over and over again, it means you haven't passed the test. And until you pass the test, you're going to keep getting that circumstance or something very similar all the time. Now, here's an example, and this is just an example I'm picking out of my hat. If you are dating and you keep attracting a particular type of person to date and it's not good for you, ask yourself, why are you attracting someone who's verbally abusive to you? Why are you attracting someone who doesn't respect you? Why are you attracting someone who's late? Why are you attracting that over and over and over again? It's because you're tolerating it and you're teaching people how to treat you. So it doesn't mean that you shouldn't date. It means that you should be asking yourself better questions. It means that you need to set the bar higher. It means you need to love and respect yourself more than you are. And I'm just totally guessing here, but I think that's probably a clue in the right direction. So ask yourself better questions. All the answers are on the board. The winner is the one who asks the best question. I love that one. I think I'm going to post that up uh, on my wall here because that is powerful because I really believe in the power of questions as well. It's so powerful if you start asking the right ones. Great, great response. And I love your movie references, Brian. I love you tossing those in there, man, especially these 80s ones. Oh, yeah. I always get people laughing at me uh, saying stuff. Oh, there's Brian referencing another 80s movie. But there were so many classic lines from there. I mean, it's it's hard not to. Another 80s movie? Cowabunga, what movie is that from? Cowabunga. Oh, man. Is that the Turtles? Teenage Ninja. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh Yeah, I like to toss out a lot of lines from uh, Weird Science, Caddyshack, um, Stripes. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. Yeah, uh, Night Shift. That's another classic yeah. of mine that I like too. But yeah, I also um, do like Silence of the Lambs, although that's early '90s. You know what? I've never seen the whole thing on that, Brian, and I know a lot of people. Oh. Yeah, so I might have to break out and see it's that. Brilliant! Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster were both absolutely brilliant. Yeah, two great actors. So I, yeah. I, I'll have to sit down and do that. They both deserved their Oscars very much. Yeah, definitely. I heard a lot of good things about it. Yeah. Now let me ask you: other than your own books, Brian. Yes. What are two or three books that have impacted you the most that you always recommend or give to people? The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. I love that book. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind T. Harbecker is something that I go to at least once a year. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's a good it's a good book. I went to one of his free events and there was some value there. I met some really good people there. People who are well, one or two people who are still friends. Uh Gosh, there's so many really great books out there. Absolutely. There's another really good book that came out fairly recently by Nick Hallett called Five Day Weekend. Hmm, It's about setting yourself up for wealth. Yeah. In fact, I interviewed him on my show a few months ago for the second time. That's a really good interview. And he's somebody who wrote a list of 10 things he wanted to do with his life when he was eight or nine years old. The only two that he has not yet done would be to uh, orbit around the earth or land on the moon, something like that. But they were both space related. He has had lunch on the bow of the Titanic. He has slept in a pyramid. He has visited beautiful place, owns homes in beautiful places. He's visited almost every country in the world. In fact, this one was not on his list, but he went, uh, he went into a live uh, volcano. Um, what, what do you call it? Not bungee jumping, but, um, what is it where, where the rope is at the top and you're you're jumping down? What is that called? 
Yeah, that would be like. Oh, did he like repel? No, yes, he did. He okay, he repelled yeah, okay. into a live volcano. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pretty amazing. But he talks about the different <laughs> ways that you can set yourself up for wealth so that you can enjoy five days and work the two instead of working the five to enjoy the two. Pretty amazing. That is. Well, we'll definitely, I'm going to have to check that out and we'll definitely have that in the show notes. Yeah. That's, that's going to be a fun one to check out there. I love it. What are uh, one or two, maybe three fun facts about Brian K. Wright that you like to share? Hmm. Or maybe something that uh, most people don't know about you that you'd be willing to share. I like puns. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very interesting I sense of humor. Yeah. Yes. I, I would I would compare my sense of humor to Cheers or Frasier. Oh, there's, there's a very high, a very high, high bar humor. I mean, if I'm in the right mood, Larry the Cable Guy, which is basically the lowest common denominator, apologize yeah. if you like Larry the Cable Guy. He is funny, but I I don't always enjoy listening to third grade level humor. But I, I do like the the intelligent humor because not everyone gets it. In fact, I'll tell you my one of my favorite episodes of Cheers. I don't know if you do you like Cheers? Oh, love Cheers. I watched it all the time. It, I I'd have to go back and watch. Do you remember the episode? You know that Sam and Diane were an item for several seasons. Do you remember the episode where Sam finally meets Diane's mom? No, honestly, I don't remember that. When Diane's mom sees Sam and shakes his hand, she says, you're almost as handsome as everyone says you think you are. <laughs> That's Sam right there. Brilliant. Brilliant. You're almost as handsome as everyone says you think you are. It's a left-handed compliment. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That yeah. there was so many. That was such a great show. The characters, in there were just, oh, and the banter, and yeah, really enjoyable. You know, another one that I really liked the banter on too that was witty was um, Moonlighting with Bruce Willis mm-hmm. and Sybil Shepherd. Yeah, Sybil Shepherd. Mm-hmm. The banter that they would have back and forth and stuff. Yeah, just yeah, a lot of good shows yeah. that came out. A lot of great shows. Yeah, a lot, a lot of great stuff. All right, Brian, I want to be respectful of your time. Okay. We're coming just over an hour here, and I know you got some other stuff. And everybody, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today, Brian will be doing his radio show live, which he does every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And like I said, if you can't make the live, they are recorded. So try and make the live. If not, go back and listen because, I, like I said before, the show is amazing. You're going to get so much value. And the people that he has, you, you can see just from this interview, Brian's own wisdom and what he's learned from talking with these high achievers. So definitely check it out. Were you going to say something there, Brian? Did I cut you off? I was going to direct people to where they can listen to it. Uh, yes, go ahead, please. Successprofilesradio.com. How easy is that? It points yes. It points to my show page on the Toginet Radio Network. I also have a magazine, Success Profiles Magazine, which repurposes some of my radio show content. And it also includes articles by people who either have or have not been on my show. I, I vet who I want to be in my magazine, but it's it's a pretty amazing magazine. In fact, I, I do have an offer for your people if they want to take advantage of it. They can go to successprofilesmagazine.com forward slash Brian VIP. That's B-R-I-A-N VIP, Success Profiles Magazine dot com forward slash Brian VIP. They can get 14 days for a dollar. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Hey, I appreciate you doing that, Brian. That is great. Yes, guys, Brian has a wealth of knowledge. He's like I said, he's connected with so many people. He really provides value. So if you guys are serious about your business, you're serious about your growth and your personal development, 
Success Profile Radio is a must each week. And the magazine, guys, it's well worth it. Brian's giving you a great offer here. You're going to get so much information. And I want you guys to get it, but I want you to implement the stuff. I don't want it to be another thing that's on your hard drive or something that you subscribe to. Really take the information because Brian's dealing with quality people here that have been there that are going to show you the map. And if you can't afford to get a coach, which you should be doing, these are the next best things is getting resources like Brian's offering or his podcast because it's true value. And if you implement it, you're going to get results. Yeah. So that's what I want to say on that. Awesome. What is the other best way to get a hold of you, Brian? And where, where else can they connect besides Success Profile Radio? Oh, Success Profiles Radio, Success Profiles Magazine. I have a website, briankwright.com, where all of that, you know, my radio show, my coaching magazine is there. In fact, uh, if you go to the the products tab and go to my book, Success Profiles Conversations with High Achievers, there is a link where you can read a free chapter. First, you can download a free chapter before you buy it. So if you want to read the intro chapter, which explains who all is in the book and what we talked about, that'll give you a really great sense of what the book is about. And if you want to buy the book, it's on Amazon or on in Barnes & Noble. Great. Any social medias that you like to share or should they go to those uh, resources you mentioned? Facebook, uh, Brian K. Ride. Uh, you can find me and I'm wearing a blue shirt and I have a shaved head. So pretty easy and to find. he's got that nice smile. I do. That nice shiny smile. And I'm on LinkedIn as well and Twitter at Mr. Brian K. Wright. Yes. And guys, you've already learned how to approach. If you're going to approach Brian... Do it seriously and please provide value. Don't mm -hmm. just reach out to get something from him. Mm -hmm. You know, he shared a lot of great stuff on here. Here's a great start. And like I said, go to the Success Profiles Radio, go to the magazine, subscribe, take him up on that advantage of that offer that he made, and tell him what you got out of it. He wants to hear. If it's making a difference in your life, it's impacted you, share that yeah. with him. Let him know. And Brian, like I said, he's a, a real deal. A lot of these people are are hard yeah. to approach or they get this ego-based thing. Brian is nothing like that. I'm sure you've sensed it from here. He's got a sense of humor. He's yeah. down to earth. But yet he, he has value and he values his time. So yeah. if you are going to approach him and you truly want to connect, do it in a, in a respectful way and provide value to Brian. Share something yeah. that you can do for him because he's definitely going to give back to you. Yeah, I can guarantee that because I've had that personal experience. So, And one more thing. This is a brand new thing. I am planning my first live event here in the Phoenix area. And the weekend that I'm looking at is November 30th and December 1st. That's a Friday and a Saturday. So if you go to briankride.com and get on the notification list, you will definitely know more when the details are available. I'm looking at a venue now. They're sending me a proposal. I'm probably going to sign it. And um, looking forward to getting some great speakers and It'll be a really great learning experience. It'll be a personal development and business building uh, event. So if you're looking to build your business, if you're looking to meet some really amazing people uh, who are not only speaking, but attending, attending live events is really, really something that you need to do if you want to level up your game, because surrounding yourself with like-minded people is absolutely critical, especially if you work by yourself at home, you need to get out. Yes, definitely. You need to connect. Those things are so, you know, even the small takeaways you take from it. But like you said, the, the big thing is the connection with people that you meet. And yeah. uh, if you truly, truly provide value, you can meet some great people and get some great friendships that can yeah. uh, 
help you in your business and just have, have great relationships. You know, that's what it's about mm -hmm. surrounding yourself. Like you said, it can be lonely doing the home gig. <laughs> yes, it can be. Okay, Brian, what is the final message that you'd like to leave the mindset listeners that they can apply and uh, finish out this year strong and go into 2019? If you have something that you're absolutely passionate about, do not give up at the first sign of adversity. If you've got a strong enough why, you will figure out how. That's it. Yep, absolutely. Short and sweet. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Brian, this has been great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really, truly appreciate it. Um, I'm so glad we got to meet in person. Um, I value your friendship, and I look forward to uh, many more connections, and hopefully we can meet up again a few times. And yep. if there's anything I can do to help support you, me and the Mindset family with the book or anything like that, uh, I'd be more than happy to do it because I love what you're doing, and I believe in what you're doing. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate being here and sharing with your audience. This was fun. I enjoyed this. Great. Me too. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, I wish you guys a brilliant life. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really and truly appreciate it. And if you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about developing a strong, successful mindset, then go ahead and subscribe by clicking the I'm in button below this podcast. Each week, I try to deliver great content that you can learn and apply immediately to help develop a better mindset so you can build a great online business and hopefully a better life. So if you like what we're trying to do here at The Marketer's Mindset, then help us spread the message and give us a rating and review on iTunes so we can help more online marketers. Lastly, I want to hear from you. So if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss or an online marketer that you would like us to interview, then send me an email to brian at themarketersmindset.com. Thanks again. I love you guys. And until next week, take care, and I wish you a brilliant life.